0: Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at LakeshowLife.com, part of the Fan Podcasting Network. Today is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, and it's been a while since I've talked with y'all. Um, last episode was a uh, hand up nine days ago. Ugh, ugly look, I know. Um, but I-, I warned everyone. I-, I did warn everyone. You know, I was out of town for a week. Uh, I had to go help my, help my dad, you know, paint the trailer over in uh, Arizona, Bullhead City. Well, Catherine's Landing in Bullhead City, if anyone is familiar. Uh, so I did not have my podcasting equipment, did not have all that, was still working, still producing quality content over at lakeshorelife.com articles and whatnot, at least, I hope you think it's quality content, um, but did not get behind the mic to record. So I missed it. I missed it a little bit. Uh, last episode was about, you know, the Lakers potentially bringing in Blake Griffer, Gr- Griffer, <laughs> Griffin, uh, that was a banger, so thank you for that. Um, but you know, it's been a while and I'm sorry and you know, it sucks that, it's been 10 days actually, whew, you know, it sucks that such a big episode last, last time around. And then, you know, we come back and it's been 10 days since we record hand up. That's on me, all on me. What can I say? Um, today we got a fun show. Lakers just got done, you know, derailing the golden state warriors, not derailing more like, you know, routing the golden state warriors. And it was a really fun game. And I don't really want to talk too much about the game. I mean, y'all watched it. Y'all watched the highlights, whatever it was. Um, it was a blowout, uh, LeBron triple double, perhaps the easiest triple double of his career, uh, just coasted, really glided to that triple double, uh trez had another big game that's two great games in a row for him he scored 27 in this one and this was just another great performance by the bench so the lakers were a little depleted a little shorthanded caruso didn't play marcus all didn't play i know marcus all memes but he's still important to the defense ad obviously didn't play but the lakers got it done i mean again they beat the uh pacers you know because of their depth the bench really went off in the fourth quarter and this was another case of the bench just doing their thing. Uh, THT, 18 and 10, probably the best game of his young career. I think it's safe to say that. Kuzma, 17, 5 and 4. Like I said, Trez with 27. KCP showed up to play. He's still kind of in, too inconsistent for me. Uh, 14, 4 and 1. Uh, Schroeder didn't really do much, 6 7 and 2. I mean, he was good at you know facilitating what not getting the offensive going. And like I said, easy triple double for LeBron, 22, 11 and 10. Um, still KCP. I want to just circle back to that. Yeah, he had a good game. Yeah, he has these games where he looks, you know, red hot. But he's just way too inconsistent. And that's part of the reason why I think the Lakers probably should bring in just a depth shooter. You know, someone cheap. But that's besides the point. Um, The main narrative, the main takeaway from this game, speaking about shooters, was Steph Curry. So, Steph Curry. So, the Golden State Warriors obviously are not the same Golden State Warriors. Uh, They're still in the playoff run uh, mix. They still will... At least be in the play-in tournament. Remember, they're doing a play-in tournament for the seventh and eighth seed. I believe uh, extending it, giving more teams chances, just because of this wonky season. Uh, they're the ninth seed right now. They're a game out of the eighth seed. They're only—they're um, not going to get this high, but they're only what is that? Six and a half games behind the Lakers, who are the three seed. So they're obviously still in the mix. They're three games behind the six-seeded Blazers, so they're still in the mix. You know, Steph Curry's going to do his thing, and th- they'll get—they'll get into the playoffs. You know, I at least into the play-in, you know, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Thunder, those are all the teams behind them. Um, they're definitely better than those teams. I think the Grizzlies are the best of that bunch, and they're solid, don't get me wrong, but I think the Warriors are better than those three teams, unless the Pelicans can unlock Zion. I mean, I, they Zion's playing phenomenal, and they just don't know how to use him, apparently. Um, but that's a discussion for the Pelicans podcast, not for a Lakers podcast. Uh, but with the Warriors kind of, you know, floundering, and the fact that Stephen Curry has not signed his extension yet, there was a little bit of speculation online, a little bit of chitter-chatter about Steph Curry potentially joining the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, him and LeBron seem to have a great relationship. You know, we saw them in the All-Star game, you know, laughing and whatnot. You know, and we see them every time we match up, you know, just this mutual respect for each other. Um, and, you know, Steph had, you know, the comments after the game about how they need to not lose games like this. Like, obviously, they're going to lose games, but losing like this is kind of embarrassing. Um, you know, the Lakers blew him out two games in a row. It's kind of funny because this not two games in a row, but the two times they played them. Um, It reminds me of when James Harden got traded. Steph's not going to force a trade, but the Lakers blew them out two games in a row. And then James Harden, who already wanted to be traded, but then he really he made those comments about, you know, the team not being good enough, all this stuff. Um, So that was funny. That was kind of a, a little bit of a history repeating itself. But there's a lot of speculation online because of all these things of Steph Curry potentially joining the Los Angeles Lakers. So like I said, he has not signed his extension yet. So he's actually a free agent after this season. And obviously, you know, getting Steph is just, would be unfair. I mean, it'd be Steph, LeBron, and AD. Um, it could be a move to counter the big three in Brooklyn, you know, last year. And heading into this year, it was kind of like, oh, you really only need a big two. The big three's dead. And, the you know, the Nets brought back the big three. Uh, as it stands right now, the Lakers, they have, so they're over the cap. They're over the luxury tax as well. But that's before denouncing some contracts. So they can denounce the contracts of who is it so schroeder oh no this is this season let's go to next season excuse me guys oh can you guys hear that there's a trash truck right outside my uh my studio and by my studio i mean my office um i don't think you guys will be able to hear it so heading into next season right now according to spot rack they have 14 million in luxury tax space uh in terms of cap negative 13 million in practical cap space the salary cap max right now it could go up i don't know if it's set in stone yet is 112 million they have 121 on the books But they have 58 million in cap holds, meaning guys they could potentially let go, you know, or just not re-sign with the team. Um, So they have uh, Dennis Schroeder, 23.2 million. You got Caruso with 5 million. He's a free agent. Wesley Matthews, 4 million. He's probably gone. THT, 1.8 million. Who knows? You know, Dudley's a free agent, 1.6. Markeith Morris, 1.6. Kasich, 1.6. Costas, 1.4. So if we just look at Costas... Kasich, that's 3 million. Markey, 4.6 million. Uh, Dudley would be 6.3 million. Uh, Matthews would be so 6.3 plus 4.3. We're looking at 10.6 plus Schroeder. That's 33.8 million. Plus, they could do some things like trading KCP for a smaller contract, a non-guarantee contract. If Harrell opts out, that's another 9.7 million. Uh, Getting rid of Gasol somehow, 2 million. Even Kuzma, 13 million. They could free up money. So money-wise, they could do it. They could bring Steph in. They could use Bird rights on some of their other guys to keep them, you know, in the loop. Um, really, Caruso would be the only one. Um, THC has restricted early Bird, but he can get the poison pill, as we mentioned. So they could do it. Financially, it would, take, it would take some wiggling, and it would take, you know, some lesser role players around them. But they could do it, and that's just an insane big three. Steph, uh, KD, and LeBron that's better than the Steph KD—or Steph— AD LeBron, excuse me. That's better than the Steph, KD, Clay Thompson, big three, in my opinion. Now, it's possible, and it's fun to think about. And it's fun to think about Steph Curry on the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But it's not going to happen, guys. I mean, come on. I mean, just, A, Steph is to the Golden State Warriors what Kobe Bryant was to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, some people forget that Kobe was actually trying to get his way out of L.A. Um, So maybe Steph does the same thing. But I think as long as the Warriors get the proper help around Steph – which they definitely will do, I don't see him leaving the Warriors. Uh, it's rare in the NBA now, the kind of franchise loyalty thing. I think Steph is one of those guys. You know, he – and it, you got to think, like, what he's already accomplished. You know, he's already won three titles, and he, he's really done it all. He's already a first ballot bona fide Hall of Famer. Yes, he wants to win more, and I'm sure he wants to add to that legacy, but he's not ring-chasing like a Kevin Durant or LeBron when he went to the Miami Heat or – you know, these guys who go A D, like go to these teams, he's already accomplished stuff, so as long as the Warriors give him his word, give them him their word that they're gonna improve and try to build a title contender, I don't see why he would want to leave, um, unless it's just a toxic environment, which the Warriors seem like a fantastically run organization. I don't see that being the case. And the reason that the extension isn't signed isn't because he's unhappy and he wants to leave. It's most likely because of money. Now I don't want to speak out of pocket. He very well could become unhappy, but 95 percent. it's because of the money so if he would have signed this is according to um this article on clutch sports they aggregated some info from other guys um they talked about it uh bob myers was on a on a segment of 5.7 the game steiny guru and Dib Show. that's a radio show i've never heard of sorry guys um but he said quote he could sign a four-year deal after this season or a five-year deal after that after this season being the 2020 2021 season um, it wasn't anything that difficult. No hard conversations. It was just, hey, let's talk about it at the end of the year. So it's really whatever he's hoping to do and wants to do. So Curry's making forty-six million next season, um, and I believe actually I believe that's this season forty-six million. Um, no, next season because this is written in March. But I think he has a he could opt out because he has a player option. Um, now, if he would have signed a three-year deal, let's see here. So if he would have signed the deal early, it would have been a three-year deal worth one hundred fifty-six million dollars. <laughs> Uh, that's that's 52 million dollars a year that's a lot however he could sign a four-year deal worth 215 million dollars in additional money on top of his 46 million next season so The average is a little bit lower, but he gets more overall money if he just waits. And I think that's really what the case is. Now, things could change, of course, but I think he's just playing the smart game, waiting. He's going to sign that four-year deal. He's going to have that fourth-year opt-out on that four-year deal, so it could essentially operate as a three-year contract. Then he could sign another massive contract when the cap goes up even more. Um, It's just smart business, you know. Yeah, his average salary is going down a bit, but he's guaranteeing himself fifty whatever million more dollars. Maybe it's actually not going down. Am I? No, it's not going down. Never mind. Bad math. I thought it was forty million. It'd still be over fifty million dollars. Fifty four, ish. Fifty three ish. Um, so it's just more money, you know. And that's crazy to think he's going to make that much in a season. But that's just smart business. The Warriors are going to want to resign him again. He's Kobe to the Lakers. Uh, Steph to the Warriors is that is. And he's still got Clay. Um, They still have pieces. Wiseman is a promising young guy. You know, Wiggins and Oubre, they're going to be gone. They free up some money. uh, Well, Oubre and the Wiggins, you know, they could potentially try to trade him somewhere. Um, They have options. Now, they're they're still, they have to hope that Clay comes back and is Clay Thompson. But if Clay comes back and is Clay Thompson, they're already in the mix. I mean, that's, they're probably a top six or seven, you know, one, two duo, if that might even be top four or five. Um, And if they get another guy, they're right in the title mix again. So, I don't think Steph's going anywhere, at least not yet. And I I just don't see it going to the Lakers, leaving golden state, going down, you know, the PCH, to the Lakers. And even though you don't really take the PCH from San Francisco to LA, but we'll, we'll ignore that. Um, going to the Lakers and kind of joining what they have there with LeBron James. I, I I just don't see it. I I could be wrong. You know, this could resurface in, you know, July and everyone calls me an idiot. And why would you doubt the Lakers and Rob Palinka and all this stuff? Um, I don't see it happening personally, so sorry to rain on the parade. But when you just really look at all the logistics, it doesn't seem likely. Um, But that being said, the Lakers are going to make some moves. First, I want to take a break. Okay, (laughs) I said I want to take a break. That sounded really bad. I meant to just say first a break. Um, So the Lakers, I don't think they're going to get Steph Curry. However, this season, before the trade deadline, they could get some assets. They are going to get some assets. I don't think the Lakers are going to not make any moves. It might end up being just a tiny move like Markeith Morris last season, but even the tiniest of moves can be huge. I've said it before. Markeith Morris shot 42% in the playoffs, 69 attempts. That is the third highest uh, three-point percentage shooting with at least 69 attempts in a single playoffs in Lakers history. Um, Yahoo Sports did an article ranking the best buyout signings of all time, I think, before this season or before the buyout market developed. They ranked Markeith at third, and it really is true. I mean, he was huge for the Lakers in the playoffs, and buyout signings are never – super, super impactful. Like it's kind of a risk. And to get that kind of impact was huge. So they're going to make some kind of move. They're at the top. They know that they have to make a move to get better. Everyone else is gunning for them, gunning for the tile, trying to get better themselves. So if they do not you know, improve, they are regressing comparatively. So they're going to make some kind of move. Now, what move is it going to be? All depends on the market shakes out. I listed for this podcast, my personal favorite three potential acquisitions by the Los Angeles Lakers. So disagree with me, agree with me all you want. Let me know. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what you think. Uh, leave a review, you know, on the the comments on the Lake Show Life uh, website. You know, let me know on Twitter at the Lake Show Life or at Eat Your Reedies is my personal handle. These are my three personal favorite. Now, number three, I think is going to be the the biggest contentious one, but it, there's a reason why it's number three, even though I think he's probably the best player on this list. That's Victor Oladipo. Now, the Lakers haven't been connected to Oladipo, excuse me, in any reports about being interested and whatnot, but the Lakers often work in silence. I mean, we didn't hear anything about Schroeder before the Schroeder deal. We didn't hear much about the Trez deal before it actually happened. So who knows? Just because they're not linked right now doesn't mean that they're not going to be linked. Um, Oladipo on the Houston Rockets, obviously going to have a fire sale this season. They're trying to, you know, get as bad as possible because the Thunder have their pick. It's top five protected. But if they end up getting the sixth pick, you know, they're losing a a top six pick, really. So they're trying to get as bad as possible. They're going to trade all their assets for future, you know, assets and whatnot. And Oladipo is number one on that list. Now, he's not going to get a lot. There was a report that he, you know, he might go relatively cheap, you know, compared to what you think he would go, go for. So that's good for the Lakers. Um, and he really adds something really fun to this team. I mean, he's not playing at full level Depot this season, but he's playing pretty good. Uh, at worst, he's an average defender at the very worst, um, but he's an above average defender. He's really good defensively. You know, he's got all defensive first team nods and whatnot. Uh, he would just be a great defensive presence that fits into the culture of this team perfectly. And he's also a scoring threat. That's the biggest thing that the Los... Not the biggest thing, but that's one of the biggest things the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Lakers need, excuse me, is they need a consistent scoring threat. Now, Old was not going to be lights out every single night, but if you look at the Lakers' wings and whatnot, like it's so inconsistent and there's nights where they just don't look good. I mean, KCP, like I said, is either going four or five, or he's going over five. Uh, Alex Caruso is not a scorer. He's an elite defensive player, but he's not a scorer. Wesley Matthews has been extremely, you know, underwhelming. Uh, Schroeder's been impactful, but not as good of a three-point shooter as they would have hoped for. Trez obviously can't space the floor. Anthony Davis is out. You know, he was shooting a little bit more, but he's out. Saul is not shooting well. Um, there's just all these guys. You know, Marquise Morris isn't shooting well. So, and I know this isn't a team that's built on three-point shooting, but you still need three-point shooting to win games and there's a path where they just get torched in the playoffs and they can't you know come out of it because they don't have a consistent shooter so that's why I like Oladipo he's just another scoring threat he's a, the third scoring option um, he's someone who because he's his contract ends after the season the Lakers would have his bird rights and maybe instead of going and getting Steph Curry they could keep Oladipo and then you have a big three of Anthony Davis LeBron James and Victor Oladipo Oladipo is your third best player is a phenomenal situation to be in in my opinion Um, so that's why I like him. I think he's a great, you know, player. I think he's a great fit for this team. Now a trade, the reason why he's number three on my list, the trade would have to be something along the lines of Taylor Horton Tucker, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Mark Keith Morris, Alfonso McKinney, 2021 first round pick. Now they can't technically trade the first round pick because of the stipend rules. However, they can, and I believe it's a pick swap this year. They can handshake agreement to trade the pick. The Lakers still, quote-unquote, keep the pick. We see it all the time. We saw it with the Schroeder trade. The Lakers, quote-unquote, keep the pick. They make the selection that the Rockets want, and then they trade the player. Um, he's going to be on a rookie deal. He's going to be the 28th overall pick. So the Rockets probably aren't going to have to send anything in return, make the salaries match, all that fun stuff. So that's what the trade looks like. Now, I think this is a good return for the Rockets, first and foremost, because they get the first-round pick. They get THT, someone they could extend and kind of – he's young, good defensively, kind of build around in the future. They're not. He's not going to cost an arm and a leg. Um KCP is someone they could flip. Markeith Morris is someone they could flip. So you look at KCP might get a late first round pick from another contender if they can make the contracts work. Something I worked out myself, and I don't know if you know the Nets would do this, but the Rockets could then flip KCP to the Nets. The Nets have, at the time I wrote this, was the 41st, 42nd overall pick, um, both second rounders. They would absolutely trade both of those picks for KCP. Like, there's not a doubt in my mind that they would do that trade. And they have a contract to send in return, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's hurt. He's not playing this year. So there's, and you could trade injured players. This isn't NBA 2K. So the Rockets would get two second round picks just for swapping the salaries and paying Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so there's that. So they get two first, second round picks, early second round picks, and then Markeith they could flip for another contender for a second round pick. Um, they don't need to keep any of those guys. So in return for Victor Oladipo in this deal, they'd get a young guy in THT that they could sign after the season. They get a first-round pick from the Lakers, and they get a grand total, if they do the things I mentioned, of three second-round picks. That's a pretty good return for Victor Oladipo. Half a season of Victor Oladipo, you know, nonetheless. Now, why would the Lakers do this? I know THT, you know, Laker fans love him. Why would they trade him? The Lakers only do this deal, and this is important. I'm not, you know, they're not they're not shopping THT but they only do this deal if they think that THT is gone after the season so we've touched on the poison pill you know offer sheet before based on the Lakers salary cap if they're over the cap they extend shooter. they bring someone else in if someone offers THT that poison pill contract the Lakers probably can't afford to bring him back um, so if they think he's gone no matter what similar to Ju- Julius Randle back in the day when he left and he signed with the Pelicans and Lakers just didn't really have the money to bring him back if they think that's gonna happen again, with THT likely not having that big of a role in the playoffs once AD's healthy and everything, they might just flip half a season of THT for half a season of Oladipo plus the bird rights where they can actually go over the cap for Oladipo, the bird rights that they don't have full bird rights on THT. So in a weird way, they're almost trading the younger player for more years of a player in Oladipo. Oladipo's still young, Um if that is their thought process of course so that's the only way they do this trade i'm not saying they should shop tht i'm not i would rather him stay in la you know sign a new contract with the team and be a long-term option but if the lakers think he's good as gone might as well you know use him in a trade for someone big and hopefully you know keep that someone big in tow uh kcp oladipo would be replacing kcp in the rotation yeah it's a one-for-one swap but I, Oladipo's a much better defender. He's much more consistent scoring the basketball, and I just like him more as a scoring threat than KCP. I know there's some KCP fans out there, but I, I just I would rather have Oladipo over KCP any day of the week. Um, and like I said, the Rockets are getting a decent return. Could someone come over the top with a better deal? Absolutely. But is this a good enough deal where if the Rockets don't get something better that the, they're willing to say yes? I think so. And again, it all determines on what the Lakers think of, K- of THT's future, but... I kind of like it. I like this trade. It's number three. Would be higher up if it didn't take trading THT. So that's why it's only number three. Number two, signing Hassan Whiteside as a buyout player. Uh, the Lakers need help at center. This is kind of straightforward. He's not someone who necessarily is going to revolutionize the Lakers, but he's someone who could protect the rim. He's someone who could get rebounds, and that's what the Lakers need. They need someone behind Gasol, Damian Jones. I don't think he's. I think he's getting extremely overblown. Um, they need someone that provides depth and can prevent a nightmare matchup against someone like Nikola Jokic or, uh, Joel Embiid if they meet them in the NBA finals. So that's number two. And I touch on it briefly because number one is a better version of that Andre Drummond. Now this is my number one for multiple reasons. Again, Drummond's not a guy who necessarily revolutionizes the Lakers. He has insane box scores, but he's one of those guys like big box scores, not a lot of like winning basketball being played. Um, You know, he's averaging, what, like 20 and 15 throughout his career? It might not be 20, 15. It's like 17 and 15. Um, But I like him as a buyout. No one's probably going to trade for him because his contract is so massive, and they know that he's a big box score, you know, not huge winner, and they're not going to trade future future assets for that. So I I think he's going to get bought out. Now, this is number one. Does the same thing as Whiteside, but a little bit better, and I feel more comfortable with Drummond, especially with LeBron James. I think LeBron would make the most out of Drummond, and I think – Having Drummond on this team would be really, really well. I don't think it necessarily pushes the Lakers over the top. Like, And I see some like naysayers in the Lakers saying this. like, Laker fans really think Andre Drummond's this special. It's not so much Drummond being like a third superstar. It's that he fits a massive need for the team, and that's why it's so impactful. Number two is it keeps the Brooklyn Nets from getting him, which is one of the moves that I think could derail the Lakers' title hopes. I think the Lakers could obviously still get in the NBA Finals, but if they come up against a Nets team that has Andre Drummond, That's worrisome because the one advantage the Lakers have is size. You know, they have LeBron, they have AD, um, you know, Marc Gasol, not so much offensively, but like who guards AD? It's probably KD. I, I don't love that for the Nets and the Nets, you know, they have DeAndre Jordan as their pretty much only, you know, rim protector. It's a hole for the team and the Lakers have kind of benefited from getting to the rim, points in the paint, all that stuff. So this is the one move that the Nets can make to not only keep the Lakers from getting him, but match up better with the Lakers. That's why I'm more worried about, like, the Sixers in the finals because of Joel Embiid, whereas the Nets, yeah, they have the firepower, and obviously their big three is scary and star power wins championships, but their defense is terrible, and the Lakers can keep up with LeBron and Anthony Davis. They definitely can, especially if they have that advantage down low. Now, if they don't have that advantage down low and the, and the Nets can play drum in 25 minutes and, you know, um, Jordan 23 minutes, whatever the case may be, just to be that rim protector – that's big for the Nets, and then that's a really tough matchup for the Lakers to overcome. I I don't know if they can't outshoot the Nets, they just can't. They have to play bully ball down low, and with Drummond, it's a lot harder to do that. So that's why he's my number one. A because he helps the team, but B because he keeps it him from going to the Brooklyn Nets, which is a problem. We didn't even mention Blake Griffin, who I wanted to come to the Lakers. I don't think he's going to be a hugely impactful guy. The whole reason I wanted him to come to the Lakers is because you're betting on that risk. Not that risk, but the potential of him finding 80% of what he was three years ago as a buyout guy. Um, that potential still there for the Nets. And who, could, who knows? Maybe he becomes a playmaker off the bench. He could score 15 a night in the playoffs for them off the bench. That could be really huge for the team, especially if they're coming up against the Lakers. They don't have that advantage down low, and it's just more scoring options. So Drummond's number one. Whiteside's number two. I think is the best of the three, but he's number three because it would take trading Taylor Horton Tucker. Now, tonight, Tuesday the 16th, the Lakers play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, If you were listening to this past Tuesday, this is probably the time you could turn it off. We're just previewing the Tuesday game. All the other stuff should still apply until a deal actually happens. Uh, I just want to do the purple and gold players of the game, as well as um, our betting picks. Now, the purple and gold players, for those that do not know, the purple player is a role player on the other team that the Lakers need to look to stop. They need to beat them up a little bit, bruise them up, hence the purple, um, to win the game. So, kind of... we. It'd be too easy if we just did star players, so we do role players. And the gold player is a role player on the Lakers that I think is going to have a big game in this one, um, especially if the Lakers win. Um, we're going to start with gold, and my gold's Kyle Kuzma. So heading into the season, I wasn't a huge Kyle Kuzma fan. Anyone that listens to this knows this. You know, I thought he was extremely overrated by Laker fans. His defense was bad. He was inconsistent, inefficient offensively, and he's really turned the corner. His defense is at worst league average. He's more, much more efficient. His scoring... Overall numbers aren't going up, but he's way more efficient, which is the important part with Kuzma. He's picking his chances better. His decision making is better. Um, he's been really good for the team this year, and I have to give credit where credit is due, and I have to, you know, eat crow on this one. If he keeps it up, you know, I was wrong about Kyle Kuzma. I like him in this role. I don't like him being the quote unquote third scorer that thinks he needs to score 20 points a game. No, they have Schroeder for that. They have Harrell for that. I love Kuzma in this role, taking a step back, being the fifth or sixth option. This is where he thrives. Um, he always has great games against terrible teams. He even had a great game against the Timberwolves earlier in the season. I believe he had 20 points in the first half. He might've only finished with like 22, but he was red hot from the first half. I think he started like five of six from three. Uh, he was great. I think this is the case here. He has another great game. He saw Trez go off the last two games. It's going to be Kuz's turn. And I think we have a great Kyle Kuzma performance tonight. Um, furthering me having to eat crow on him. Now my purple player, is Malik Beasley. Now, this is one of their best players, probably their second best player, if we're being honest, behind Carl Anthony Towns, but he's not a superstar, so I'm going to throw him in here anyways. Um, The Timberwolves win this game by outshooting the Lakers and getting hot from beyond the arc, and we've seen it before with other bad teams, guys like Josh Jackson and just random guys shooting red hot from beyond the arc and kind of winning games over the Lakers. Uh, Those games against the Detroit Pistons come to mind. And That's how the Timberwolves win this game. So the number one step into stopping that is to stop their best scorer, their best three-point shooter, which is Malik Beasley. He's shooting 40% on the season. I believe he's their second-leading scorer behind Carl Anthony Towns. And to keep the Timberwolves from shocking the Lakers, you know, keep them from just outpowering you from beyond the arc, and that starts with stopping Malik Beasley. So Malik Beasley has 26 points, and he's 6 of 8 from beyond the arc. The Lakers probably lost the game, if I'm being honest, because that's not only going to mean he had a great game, but that means that he opened stuff up for his teammates as well. So that's who you're looking to stop. Again, it's a regular season game, not as important, but that's who you're looking to stop. Betting picks. So according to the Bet MGM odds on the Action Network, the Lakers are eight and a half point favorites over the Timberwolves on the road, I believe. I should probably know this before the game. No, it can't be on the road. There's no way the Lakers would be favored that much on the road, right? This is terrible. I'm a Lakers pod. I do a Lakers podcast. I don't even know if they're home or on the road. They're at home. That makes sense because it's a back-to-back. There's no way they would have traveled all the way to Minnesota in a back-to-back So they're at home. Eight and a half point favorites. The Timberwolves, their last game. Are they also on a back-to-back? Again, these are probably things I should have prepared before the podcast. Hand up. That's on me. Um, Feel free to call me out for it. So the Timberwolves, this is – so they play Thursday. Is it a back-to-back? Did they play yesterday? My computer's going very slow. They did not. So this is Sunday. They had Monday off. Travel to L.A., play at L.A., travel to Phoenix on Thursday, play there. Then they have a back-to-back against the Suns Thursday, Friday. Lakers back-to-back at home, eight-and-a-half point favorites. The point total has been set at 223, again, according to the Bet MGM odds on the Action Network. Now, last game, I went one and one I predicted a Warriors win. I know. I'm stupid. I thought, you know, with the Lakers being depleted and whatnot, I thought the Warriors were going to eke out a close win. I was wrong. Um, I did get the under because the Lakers blew them out, so the point total was under. Now, this game, even though the Lakers made me look stupid last game, I'm picking the other team again. I'm going Timberwolves plus eight-and-a-half. I'm going over 223. However, I don't think the Timberwolves are going to win this game. I just think with it being a back-to-back, no AD, LeBron obviously just trying to stay healthy, and they're going into a stretch. I believe they have another back-to-back later this week. So they're going into a tough stretch. Yeah, they just had the All-Star break off, but they're going into a tough stretch where they're playing a lot of games. They're going to kind of take it easy. I mean, so yeah, they play the Hornets Thursday, Hawks Saturday, Suns Sunday, Pelicans Tuesday. So they... And then they have the, the 76ers Thursday and then the Cavs Friday next week. So they, they have some, uh, some games coming up, you know, some back-to-backs and whatnot. So I think they take it easy a little bit. And they just – they get a close kind of grinded-out win, those kind of wins where you look at it and you're like, oh, how did the Lakers, you know, only win this game by six points against a terrible team like the Timberwolves? But they've had a lot of those this year. And I think this is just another example. Coming off a huge win um, back-to-back against a bad team, it's definitely going to be a close game in my opinion. My final score, I'm going Lakers 116, Timberwolves 110. So that means I have the over 223 barely hitting at 226, and I have the Timberwolves covering by two and a half points. So obviously, you know, KCP can make me eat my words and hit a big three late in the Well, not big three, but hit a pointless three late in the game. Uh, not only to prove that he should stay on the Lakers, but to <laughs> screw over my betting picks. Um, but that's what I see going on. I see the Lakers winning by six. And I think this is a stretch where the Lakers can win some games, you know, as long as they play Laker basketball. You know, they got the T-Wolves. They got the Hornets, who are a lot better than a lot of people expected. I really like LaMelo Ball. But, that you know, that's a game where the Lakers are obviously going to be favored at home. They have the Hawks, who have been really on a downhill spiral. They're at home there. Um, And then they have a tough game against the Suns. So this is a chance to gain some momentum, go on a five-game winning streak, if all goes as planned. Um, AD's not going to be back for that Suns game. But then, you know, they got the Suns. They got the Pelicans, which is a fun matchup always, but not necessarily a marquee matchup. And they got the Sixers, Thursday, March 25th. That's going to be a tough game without Anthony Davis. Um, and then, you know, once AD gets healthy, I really think they're going to go on a run down the stretch, but we got to get there first. You know, they keep pushing the timetable back, which is expected. This is a serious injury and I, you know, it's not time to worry yet, but if we get into mid April and they're still saying three weeks, four weeks, like it's going to be a problem because this Lakers team, as much as I love the Lakers, as much as I love LeBron James, this team without Anthony Davis is not going to win the NBA championship. They're not even going to get there. So Let's just hope AD, the recovery goes well. They keep being, you know, as cautious as possible. They need to. It's a smart thing to do. These games don't really matter. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll come back at you guys later this week. It will not be 10 days between episodes. I promise. Uh, We'll probably come at you on Friday, you know, following the Hornets game, following any potential moves by the Lakers. We might do it earlier. Uh, But on Friday, we'll come at you after the Hornets game. We're going to recap that, preview the Hawks game and the Suns game over the weekend. Y'all have a great week. In the meantime, go Lakers.